0: Log Talk Radio Trek Talking All things Star Trek and beyond Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30 All hailing frequencies are open iTunes, iHeart Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon And wherever fine podcasts Are found Trek Talking Boldly going wherever your mind Is willing to go
1: Log Talk Radio.
0: Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Stunt Trek with the one and only Leslie Hoffman and yours truly, Uncle Jim. Uh, This is going to be the show that we tried to do last week. Unfortunately, I had some internet connection problems. Couldn't get connected until right around 8 o'clock. I talked with Leslie. We decided that was just too late to do the show. So the show that we were going to do on comedy last week, you get to enjoy it this week. So here we are. The number here is 646-668-2433. That's 646-668-2433. If you have a question for Leslie or you just want to call and say hello, we would love to hear from you. We'll be here for the next hour till 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. 646-668-2433 is the number please give us a call. Give us a shout-out and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. So, Leslie, what's going on tonight? How's everything going up in Saranac Lake?
2: <laughs> well, it's not the weather. It's it's what my day has been. Uh, I drove an hour from Saranac Lake to Plattsburgh to run a bunch of errands, got back to Saranac Lake, and uh, my mother lives at this independent living and I walk in to see how she's doing, and the aide goes, I think she has a bladder infection, which which, I suspected early on in the week. Anyways, we've been in the emergency ward since uh, 2 o'clock till about 5, so
1: <laughs> you're lucky now. <laughs> well,
0: well, Charles and I were just saying before the show, well, if Lizzie doesn't show up, it's going to be a pretty short show because – Charles and I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> so I'm glad you made it. <laughs> it's good to have well, you. You could have
2: made up stories about me.
0: <laughs> That's true. You could we we made could up have stories
2: about me of... <laughs> what, 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 oh, yeah, there was one what, what, time when... Car- where, where is Carmen Miranda or whatever that was?
0: We, where, San Diego. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, we also have with us tonight... We have a special guest star in the studio. We have Charles, who's one of my co-hosts from uh, Trek Talk and and Comic Corner. And he's with us tonight as well. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. My schedule just kind of turned
2: around today that I decided to pop on the show.
0: And the the funny thing is Charles is going to be with me again tomorrow because tomorrow we'll be doing Comic Corner. So uh, I have a lot of podcasts going on this week. This is the the busy time for me. I've got three this week. So Charles will be with me on Monday for Comic Corner. So you guys want to tune in for that as well if you have some free time. We'd love to have you. So, Leslie, um, I heard some interesting news. I heard that you actually got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Is that true, and what's the story with that?
2: (laughs) No, somebody on uh, the Deep Space Nine uh, Star Trek page on Facebook did a star with Chester the Cat, and everyone was believing that Chester the Cat got a star on Hollywood Boulevard. And I posted, like, the, the list of who does have a star on Hollywood Boulevard. Then it was interesting because someone said um, only actors get uh, stars, not characters. And that actually is not true. There there are a bunch of cartoon characters that have a star on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame. And actually Lassie and a pre-Rin-Tin-Tin, I forget what his name, Storm something, or I, I forgot what his name, Silent Movie, German Shepherd, um, and then there was one other animal that has, anyways, um, so, you know, I'm explaining about who is on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and Chester the Cat is definitely not on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, so this guy posts the picture of a star with my name on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, so, so you no, are on the Hollywood Walk of I don't, I don't of have fame.
2: a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> that was that was done by a really wonderful person who was who was being very nice, but
0: <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to get that picture and get that posted up on the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page so everybody can see that. So When they make their trip out to Hollywood, they can try to find your star. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right, right. people are going to go into the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce and say, "Now, what what address is Leslie Hoffman's
0: star at?" (laughs) They're going to go, "Who?" Well, I I do. I I seem to remember. I might be wrong, but I seem to remember seeing R two D two and C three PO putting their feet in some cement. Uh, was that the Hollywood Walk of Fame?
2: Hmm, that's an interesting... Well, I, I would have to actually look that up. Now, I know for a fact that um, it was very, very, interesting. For a very long time, several of the original Star Trek people had their own star. Then they actually did a Star Trek, I'll say, cast of all the stars, but for the longest time, uh, Walter Koenig never had his own star. I think they finally got it to him, like, within the last five years. But, I mean, incredible that everybody else had, had an individual star plus this group star, but Walter did not.
0: That's Well, well he didn't come on the show until later anyway, so that would only make sense that he got his star after everybody else, right? <laughs>
2: That, yeah, that I mean that's an interesting point and now my dog is barking saying he wants to be on the on the bed with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a, l-
0: luckily my uh my two cats are curled up sleeping so they won't be hanging off my headset anytime too soon. <laughs> oh, by the way, <laughs> I ordered a brand new wireless stereo headset. For our shows from now on, so they they should be nice and crisp and clear, from my end anyways, once my new headset gets here, instead of using this one that the cat chewed the cords on. So I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, so we're going to be talking about comedy. Yep, go ahead. Well, no, no,
2: we we do have one more announcement, and this one happens to be true, is... Uh, I was contacted about six months ago about this person that wanted to do a book called Hollywood, Her Story, and it lists, like, actor, actresses and direct, with female directors and, you know, all the women that have contributed to Hollywood. And they were going to have it in the goodie bag for the Oscars, but they missed the deadline. Anyways, the book has been released, and I am in it. And that's a great honor. Now, that is
0: true. Wow. What's the name of this book?
2: It's called Hollywood, Her Story.
1: Hollywood, Her Story. In
2: other words, it's, it's actually more pictures than it is words. But, uh, and believe me, I don't have a full page or anything like that, but um, I think I'm listed in 19, 19- they go chronologically as opposed to alphabetically. So like about 1976 is where my little blurb is. There's a picture of me. <laughs> well, just wait till you see it. I'm in a black leather jacket. It was my- I used to call it my motorcycle mama picture. Um but below it, it says, first um, woman ever elected to the Board of Directors of the Screen Actors Guild. And unfortunately, it didn't list Star Trek, but it listed Nightmare on Elm Street, you know,
0: 1984. I'm, I'm looking so at Night it right real. now. They, they have it on Amazon. Um, Hollywood, her story, an illustrated history of women and the movies. Uh, let's see. It's currently 2248 um available on Amazon right now. Uh you can get a used copy for right. 18.89 free shipping if you have um Amazon. So yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. They also have it it's a yeah, hardcover my, book too.
2: Well, that was the other thing. It's, I thought it was going to be some kind of little paperback book, not very thick. I mean, this is it's not a coffee table book. You know, it's not one of those huge books. But lengthwise, it's a pretty good-sized book. And width-wise, I mean, it's an uh, inch and a half thick. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate book. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, in, it's pretty impressive that, that I got
0: included in that. It says here that over 1,200 prominent women are featured in this book including movie legends and And stunt women.
1: Leslie Hoffman.
0: (laughs) It it even says it right there, including stunt women. So the Leslie Hoffman is in this book and uh, trying to find, okay, here it is. Um, It's 400 pages.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, It's not just this little thin paperback book. It's a, it's a decent sized book.
0: Wow! Well, that that is incredible. See that you're in a book and you have a Hollywood star. What more could you ask for? <laughs> well,
2: that's we'll have to all sneak out to Hollywood. We'll meet up with Charles. We'll sneak out to Hollywood, and then, and we'll glue the star somewhere on on the on the
1: boulevard. <laughs> well,
0: we'll have to send Charles out on a recon mission to locate the star before we get there. <laughs> Uh, Wow. So if you guys would like to call call and talk to Leslie about her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or being in this book, (laughs) um, give us a call at 646-668-2433. And Leslie can fill you in on, on the procedure, how you go about getting a star and who you contact and all that great stuff give us a call, six four six 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 eight two four three three. We would love to hear from you. So Leslie, we're gonna be talking about comedy. And I know most people obviously know you as the hall monitor from Nightmare on Elm Street, and of course from Star Trek, that's where we would know you from. But as as a prominent stunt woman, as they say in that in the book, Women of Hollywood, you've done a lot of other movies. Lots of comedies, matter of fact. Um, I know that you were on an episode of Mash because I believe Charles uh, called, and we talked a little bit about Mash. Of course, Mash—we're not—we're talking about Mash, the TV series, not Mash, the movie. Correct? Correct. Yeah.
2: So uh, it was called the Mash Olympics. Um, it was that uh, Colonel Potter, I think, felt that. The uh, doctors and nurses were, you know, just kind of out of shape. So he decided to have the Smash Olympic, and I forget the two teams, but whatever team was going to win was going to get, like, a three-day pass or something like that. So I was in the crutch race, and I was in the piggyback race.
0: (laughs) How did did you uh, get a chance to meet any of the, like, any of the actors and, uh, you know, were they, uh, were they funny? Oh, they were always joking.
2: I don't know if they ever followed a script all the way through or, or always changed the script. I mean, in between filming they had this rubber chicken and they're throwing it all over the place. They're always joking. They had a great time on this set. I mean, it was a wonderful set to work on. But it also was a very special set for me. Uh, It was lunchtime. And, you know, I got my food. I sat down at a table by myself. And I hear this voice saying, can I have lunch with you? You know, and it's from behind me. And I turn around. It's Harry Morgan. It's Colonel Potter asking me if he can have lunch with me. I told him no, no, I <laughs> no, I told him yes, and uh, Harry Morgan and I had lunch together that day. It was wonderful, and we just chit chatted, and I mean that's how friendly a set it was. So, so that was a very special uh, job that I worked.
0: Now, did he know that you were the Leslie Hoffman, or did he figure you were just? <laughs> Somebody hanging out at the table that needed a friend.
2: (laughs) I don't think anybody knew I was the Leslie Hoffman when I was in
1: Hollywood.
0: (laughs) It it wasn't until after you left when they realized who you really were. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Charles, did you want to ask Leslie any questions?
1: Ah,
2: we've talked about this a little bit before, but let's rattle her brain on one of my favorite comedies. Going back to Airplane. Oh, okay. Um, Well, I say, now, uh, actually, this is interesting because someone just recently said, oh, I heard you were a sub-double. And I, you know, someone who doesn't know anything about the movie business... And, and maybe I maybe I give too much information, but the difference of stunt people is you play your own role. Like in MASH, I was playing my own role as the nurse. I wasn't stunt doubling anyone. So you could be a stunt actress or just a stunt person with lines because we belong to the Screen Actors Guild, so we're allowed to talk. Um, you can be a stunt double, which is what I was doing when I was um, being Valana Torres. Or the third thing is if there's a huge crowd scene, it's called an ND stunt, which means nondescript. In other words, you know, you don't have a name, you're just part of the crowd. Okay, so Airplane was a nondescript. There was about 20 stunt people hired. Uh, we were, this was on a soundstage, we were in the terminal, there's the huge glass, multiple panes of window. What they did is they built the nose of the airplane on the back of a stake bed truck, a flatbed truck, and on action, the sun coordinator drove the, tra- uh, the, the truck backwards, you know, in reverse. Which ran the head of the, the nose of the airplane through the window and the twenty of us are all jumping out of the way. And and that was my airplane
0: stun. Now, Leslie, did you ever get a chance <laughs> to talk to Leslie Nielsen at all? Uh during that on that working on that movie or with him on other films?
2: Well again, that that's that's the interesting thing is is that you You work on multiple films and you may not, you know, in other words, the answer to your question is no, I did not talk to Leslie Nielsen on the airplane, but on Naked Gun, um, all day long they're going Leslie to the set and they meet Leslie Nielsen. Then they come up to my stunt and they go Leslie to the set and Leslie Nielsen walks over to the table that I've been sitting at. He goes, Leslie that's a nice sounding name. And all I could think of was, I could come back with a snappy answer. I go, I think so, Leslie. So, <laughs> so yes, I did meet Leslie Nielsen. But, but the most interesting thing about Naked Gun was I walked on the set, and Ricardo Montalban, who I worked with on Fantasy Island, said, Hello, Leslie. It's like, this guy remembers my name. He must have known that I was B. Leslie Hoffman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he must he remembered
2: have. Me from, <laughs> he remembered me from Fantasy Island. So Ricardo Montalban was uh, talking to me on Naked Gun. In fact, I have a picture of him standing behind me, and I'm seated in the chair dressed up as the queen. And, I mean, I, I'm... I'm so grateful that that picture was taken because you know this is pre cell phones I mean nowadays you have a cell phone, you snap pictures all over the place back then, boy, if you came on a set with a camera they they took your camera away, so that that uh I believe it was a stunt man that took this picture for us um i mean it it's it's a wonderful memory to have it's a great picture.
0: Is that picture up, is that picture on the Leslie Hoffman fan page?
2: If it isn't,
0: I can post it there. Now, we're talking, we're not talking the Wrath of Khan, uh, Ricardo, right? We're talking the Fantasy Island, Ricardo? Well,
2: it's the same Ricardo Montalbán. I mean, in fact, yeah, I mean, think about It's that I worked with Ricardo Montalbán, Khan, from Space Seed, from the original series. Um, I worked with him on Fantasy Island. I worked with him on Naked Gun. I mean, so, I mean, again, here's, here's like this iconic villain from the original Star Trek and the movie, and here I'm working with him on Fantasy Island and Naked Gun. I mean, he's as friendly as can be. He was He was such a gentleman. I mean I don't know if you're old enough to remember this commercial but I had like this Toyota I forget if it was a Corolla or Corona and the bottom part was painted white and I had I had had them put a fake black top on it so it was a two-tone car I mean but used cheap old car <laughs> that's, that's my feeling Uh, I used to drive on to the Warner Brothers lot, or TBS. They called it the Burbank Studio also, and uh, because that's where Fantasy Island was being filmed. And and one day I drove on, and Ricardo comes up to my car. Like I say again, Ricardo comes up to my car and says, that's a nice car you have, Leslie. (laughs) And I wanted to say and it has real corinthian leather like so you'd have to be old enough to remember that commercial though uh-huh.
0: <laughs> now but I, didn't well, we, I
2: didn't dare say it
0: <laughs> i don't think we've ever i don't think we've ever talked about this before but um peter mayhew of course chewbacca just passed away and i was i was wondering if you ever had the opportunity to meet him Um, on any of the movies or sets or any of the functions that you've attended through the years in Hollywood? Well, unfortunately,
2: no. Star Wars was filmed, I would say, a majority in in London. I mean, some scenes were filmed in Hollywood. I never worked on a Star Wars picture. Um, And... If he was at a convention that I was at, I wasn't aware of it. So the answer is no. I unfortunately I never met him.
0: That's that's too bad. I, I was hoping maybe yeah. you had you could had some nice some nice stories to tell us about him, but it was worth asking, anyways, right? You never know.
2: Yeah. Well, as for not as tall as him, um, I did work with Fred Gwynn, who used to be Herman Monster or Munster, if you want to, um, I actually doubled Marilyn in a uh, TV movie, I think it was called Monsters Go Home, and and actually Fred and I talked the whole day that day, again, it, 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 each set is so different, and Fred wanted to speak to me, and, and I was willing to speak to him, and uh, he used to summer in Lake Placid uh, as a teenager. Lake Placid is nine miles away from Saranac Lake, so so we we sort of had a, a connection. I mean, and and it was a wonderful day to speak to Fred Gwynn. I mean, that's the person I miss.
1: Yeah.
0: Now let me ask you about Fred Gwynn. Was he what? Because the monsters of course is black and white. Was he actually green on the show?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um when they started doing the TV movies, um I don't know if it was a green color, but yes. He he definitely was painted not human color.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, I would have to go and look at a clip to tell you what color it was,
0: but no, he had he had makeup all the way through. So, Leslie, I know we've talked about this before, but since we're talking about comedies, we're going to bring this up again. I know you you stunt doubled in one of my favorite movies, a movie that, that has a cult following, and it, it's funny either you like this movie or you don't. It's kind of a, it, it's a strange movie to characterize, but I'm talking about Steven Spielberg's 1941." how oh, my wife yeah. Karen hates it. I love it myself, but a lot of people—either you like it or you don't. It's a, its a. There's a lot going on in this movie. I think Steven Spielberg tried to do a lot with the with this movie, and either either you caught it or you didn't. I did. I love the movie. Right. You actually um, were in this movie.
2: Right. I doubled Wendy Jo Sperber, and just to go with what you just said is yes my critique on the movie is he had like five different stories going if he had maybe three different stories i think the movie would have done better but but you know there was there was the girl and wendy Jo sperber and the uso story there was the general watching dumbo there was slim pickens who was kidnapped by the japanese um there was the guy that took the girl up in the airplane because that's the only time that she would get sexually excited. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, there was the guy on the the Ferris wheel. Actually, he was in I Want to Hold Your Hand um, as well as Wendy Jo Sperber. I worked with Eddie Diesen and Wendy Jo Sperber on I Want to Hold Your Hand first before I did 1941. Uh, but like I say, so there there was the uh, Ferris wheel thing going on. There was the John Belushi thing going on. You know, it, it was just if it had been maybe like I say, three stories instead of all the ones I just said, I think it would have been a better movie.
0: Well, you also had the story with when uh, where, where Dan Aykroyd drops off the giant cannon on the guy's lawn. And he blows up his house, right? I mean, th- right. That's true.
2: Uh, is that I said? You know, I said the USO <laughs> and things like that. But, but right, the girl. One of the two girls lived at that house. That her her father owned that house. But you're right. I mean, that's a whole separate story because the the gun goes through the front door, and and I think her name is Linda Gray, the actress. You know, she's standing in the doorway. <laughs> or behind the door when the the nose goes right through the door or um like she's in the window when when the husband wants to fire the gun at the the submarine I mean <laughs> yeah no there there was just so much going on in that movie that maybe maybe it should have been well maybe it should have been 1941 and 1942 and split half the stories between each each year or something.
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot maybe, in that movie. And then you got the tank. Oh, you yeah. got uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Candy driving around in this tank. Um, um, oh yeah, you're right. It was John
1: Candy. Yeah.
2: Well, that, I just have a story about that, is that I was going back to visit my parents. I get on the airplane. Here's Dan Aykroyd and Wendy Joe and I forget who else. They're going to New York to promote the movie, and there's going to be a big party, and they invited me to it. So I actually went to, I don't know if it was the Waldorf or Waldorf, or, you know, it was one of these really big, famous, Hotels of the time You know and I don't know if they had the penthouse floor rented or whatever But I went to that party
0: See that See that what? you've always You always were the Leslie Hoffman even before <laughs> you knew Who you were <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So, so um,
2: Anyways well so The two stunts from that movie Was at the house uh, the brothers of I guess I'm losing the name. The girl in white, the the pretty one. Anyway, the brothers dig a, this thing that they call a jap trap. They put a, a rug over it and they put the girl's hat on it. And the girl sees her hat and goes running onto the rug with Wendy, you know, following behind her. And and they fall through into this pit. But, you know, it would have been... If you think about it, if you just put a rug over a hole, you'd fall in immediately. So they built these, like, two doors that would allow us to walk onto the carpet, and once we were, you know, in the spot, or, or, well, they filmed the dialogue with the actresses, once they were in the spot... Then they would release the door and and you'd go falling into the pit. So well, obviously the actresses didn't do it, but but um, the other stunt woman and I, you know, like I said, had to run onto this rug and and then fall into this hole. Or they pulled the the whatever the lever and the doors opened up and down we went. But uh, the other thing. I did. Well, I also was in the USO as, here we go again, I was nondescript. I was one of the women in the USO when the big fight starts happening. Uh, but but the other uh, major, well, this was the major stunt, was uh, John Belushi is driving the motorcycle and uh, Treat Williams is In the sidecar, Wendy Jo Sperber is on top of the sidecar. And and, um, if I remember the scene, John Belushi wants to know which way to go wherever he wants to go. (coughs) Well, he's trying to get to the Jap club. But Treat Williams is trying to give him directions for a different thing. Anyways, John Belushi pulls the pin, which separates the motorcycle sidecar, and the sidecar takes off on its own. Now, we motorized the sidecar because, you know, if you if you just unpinned a sidecar from a motorcycle, it would stop. It, you know, it would roll to a stop. Anyways, it was motorized. And it goes up a loading dock and jumps into the back of an egg truck. It hits a ramp, and we go flying into the back of the egg truck. But this is one of the most dangerous stunts that I think I did in my career because we were having a mechanical problem, the the motor in the sidecar would cut out just before the ramp. And we tried it about five, six times, and it was really weird because every time we got out of the – or well, I was on top of it, but every time the stunt double got out of the sidecar and they pushed it back to the first spot or the beginning spot, the, the motor would start again, but then it would die out. Well, it turned out that uh, the people that built the sidecar had the gas line in between the seat and the metal rods, you know, the, the rod that the seat sat on. They had the fuel line between the seat and the metal rod, so it's cutting off the gas. So, So the last time... The first night that we did it, the stuntman decided that we were going to make it. And he actually goes up the ramp, and we run out of gas. And, you know, so so we absolutely lose speed. And we hit the back of the steak bed truck, the egg truck. I slid onto the, the bed of the truck. The motorcycle sidecar flips upside down. Luckily, they had pads on the ground on the on the street, so the guy didn't land on his head on the street. But but I'll tell you, if we had hit any loader lower, there wouldn't be a Lee, v Leslie Hoffman today. I would have been decapitated.
0: Wow, that's wow. Yeah. Uh, were they real eggs in there, or were they stunt eggs? <laughs>
2: uh, no, they were. <laughs> uh, I'd love to know what a Sunday looks like, but no,
1: they,
2: they were real eggs. Well, and then they wow. had chickens and geese there. Besides, if you watch the scene, I actually produce a chicken out of nowhere. Actually, she was the chicken was underneath my skirt, and at a certain point, I was supposed to, you know, suddenly have holding this chicken. Like I say you need to to see the stunt again maybe maybe I have it on YouTube. I don't remember uh but um so so after that that last take, I mean, they still hadn't gotten the shot they wanted. They made us come back the next night and do the stunt again. Here, I almost died the first night, and you know the guy could have really been hurt the first night. And they take us come back the next day, but the next day they suddenly realized that they had the fuel line between the seat and and the metal metal, whatever you want to call it, strut that was holding the seat so so I mean, you know, the second night we had gas and and we went flying in the air
0: into the stunt eggs
2: <laughs> yeah, into the into the stunt eggs. <laughs>
0: So, uh, guys, we're going to take a very quick, very short commercial break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk to Leslie about what it was like working with Steven Spielberg, the the legendary Steven Spielberg. Don't touch your dial. We'll be right back.
2: Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the Best Sci-Fi Scene Podcast. Our lead team of Trek Experts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7:30 to 9:30 p.m. Eastern Coast time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper.
0: And we're back. So, Leslie, did you get a chance to uh to talk with Steven Spielberg, and, and what was he like as a director?
2: Uh, no. Now, in that case, you know, I've spoken with with Andy Robinson as a director, as opposed to being Garrick. Really nice. Uh, I've spoken, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of directors now. Um... I don't know you you really don't get to speak to directors that much. you get to speak to the rest of the cast, but I don't know i I really can't other than I did a comedy where John Aston, who was gomez Adams uh was a director of that film that I did, and I had a i had to step out of the car and roll down this hill and fall off this huge um, culvert, cement culvert. But then I was supposed to come up, and originally the script just said, you know, one hand comes up and one other hand comes up. And But she had an umbrella, and the umbrella had sort of a, I think like a duck's head or something. And I was talking to the production manager, about, you know, it'd be funny to have the umbrella come up and the duck kinda looking around and, and then, you know, come up and I guess he went to John Aston and told him about it and he was all for it. So so I did it that way. Or or uh on Remington Steel when um well, again it was an accident, but you know, how old an older woman would go into a window and he wanted me to go in you know, do a high stepped foot first, and I'm going an older woman would not be able to lift her foot up like that. you know she would and he goes, "How would she go in that I don't remember that director's name, but um anyway, so I start showing him how how Doris Roberts or Mildred would go into the window, and I accidentally kicked the window with my heel. And the window comes down and traps my legs, and, and the whole crew was laughing. But they loved it so much, they decided that that's the way they were going to film the scene, was having the window come down on her legs. But again, I, I don't know. Steven Spielberg, I I really didn't get to talk to. Um, I I did speak to Robert Zemeckis, who did Back to the Future, He also did I Want to Hold Your Hand. I mean, again, you talk about how things connect. As I did I Want to Hold Your Hand with Zemakis, but but Spielberg was part of that. And then there was 1941, and I'm not sure if there was another movie. Um, Oh, well, Zamacus and Spielberg did Back to the Future, but unfortunately there were no stunts for Wendy. She had a really small part in the first one and I don't know if she got mentioned or was in one scene in the second one the second movie
0: but Zemacus was wonderful but you never got a you, you don't never got a chance to really other than those than that one scene you didn't really work with Steven Spielberg all that much right
2: i mean uh, again they're they're producers they're producers, directors, actors that you work with and and you never get to talk to them. And then there are other movies or episodes that that you know, you get to know them. You get to have a good day with them. But but no, Spielberg was sort of a off to himself kind of person. Oh, one thing that I do remember about Spielberg is he would he would film a scene like about 27 times. I mean, he had, well, that, that's actually a famous story about the uh, Jaws. He filmed so much film, he probably could have made two or three movies out of the footage that he filmed just for Jaws. It was a lady editor that took all that film and put it together and made the movie Jaws that you see today.
0: And I mean, in other words,
2: kind, she she really saved his butt.
0: What what kind of set did Steven Spielberg run? run? Was it was he really serious and down to business, or was it a, a, a jovial set? What kind of set did he run? What kind of atmosphere was on on set when he was there? Uh,
2: very down to business. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, very down to business. I mean, he wanted he wanted to film what he wanted to film, and like I say he really didn't have time for the actors, or, or, unfortunately, to me, I feel like he felt that actors were tomb characters. I mean, you know, he wanted something a certain way, and. And unfortunately, he ended up injuring a lot of stuff, or a lot of actors. In 1941, Treat Williams put his teeth through his lower lip. Uh, Wendy Jo Sperber had fluid on both her knees. Um, Nancy Allen has a scar on her chin from where she hit a table with her chin. Uh, Linda Gray, she had a concussion when the gun went through the door. I mean, originally the door just swung open and Steven Spielberg didn't like that. So he took the pins out and when the gun hit the door the next time, the door just flattened her. You know, it just went off the hinges and landed right on top of her. So, I don't
0: know. (laughs) Did I burst your bubble? (laughs) No, 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 no. And what was and you said that you went to the party with Dan Aykroyd? What was he like? Was he was he funny and and you know like you would expect oh, him to yeah. be or was he? Yeah.
2: I mean, I again, I wish I had. Too bad that there aren't cell phones back then. Is that no? Everybody that was at the party, it was wonderful and and again, at this point, believe me, I don't remember it, but. <laughs> You know, I think there were other actors from uh Saturday Night Live there because like I say we had flown to New York. But um no, everybody was super friendly. I mean the actors the actors from nineteen forty one were great. Uh John Belushi was, was off to himself but uh putting it nicely, John Belushi had a very bad drug problem.
0: Now what wasn't that the last movie that he that he made before he overdosed? Very well, could be. I would
2: have to. I would have to look it up. But very well, could be. No, he he came out of his dressing room with with cocaine all over his face. I mean, or when I say all over his face, all over his lip.
0: I mean,
2: he was kind of blatant, about, or maybe he just didn't care.
0: And, and and Hollywood didn't. No one said anything about that. Hollywood didn't mind that. Nope. Nope. I mean, I think his part was
2: supposed to be bigger in the movie, and they kind of, you know, pared it down because. Well, like I say, I I, maybe I shouldn't say anything more because I because I really don't know what happened. But I do know what I saw.
0: That's too bad. That, that is really too bad. Uh, Charles, I, yeah, I, no. I'm sorry I've been taking up all Leslie's time here. But uh, oh. did you want to ask ask Leslie anything? Because I'll just no. keep on talking. <laughs> no, keep on going. The only thing that I came up with was thinking the stunt eggs,
1: styrofoam. <laughs> 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 I'm still wondering what eggs, a stumped right? egg would be. <laughs> where, where do you buy
2: a stumped egg from?
1: <laughs> no, like I, oh, okay, eggs from? okay. I think I know what
2: you mean. Like,
1: are you, you are you saying like maybe store? the eggs
2: were made out of styrofoam or something? Yeah. squishy. No, no. Yeah, they these actually, were real eggs. They actually make eggs out of styrofoam that are it be yeah, no, the, these, these were real eggs. Again, if you watch so, the scene, you'll, you'll see that they're, they're real.
0: So, Leslie, every time you crashed into the – you said that Steven Spielberg liked to shoot the scenes 27 times or whatever. So every time you crashed into the egg, you had to go get all cleaned up, change your clothes. They had to go get a whole bunch more eggs, reset the thing, go back. You drive into it, get covered in eggs again, go back, clean up, redo it, and just do it over and over and over again. Well, when when
2: I say twenty seven times, I'm talking about the fight in the USO. I'm not ta- uh, like I say we filmed the we tried to film the motorcycle sidecar scene uh, six or seven times, and then I don't remember if we filmed it only one time or two times the next day. So so no, I it wasn't like I say I I might have hit the eggs either once or twice. I I didn't. Again, 27 times is the USO club.
0: And how many cameras, how many cameras uh, angles do they usually have running on a stunt like that? Like, obviously they want to get it all, you know, all different angles and pick the best, right?
2: Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily remember a bunch of cameras, but the one thing that, uh, Spielberg did in 1941. And again, it, it was new back then. you got to realize there's a point when something new happened. Is he had a video camera attached to the movie camera that when he took a picture, when he did a scene, he was able to run back the video and see what the camera was seeing. And that had never been done before. I mean, nowadays they do it all the time, but uh, but that was the first time. I think that was the first time it was done.
0: I I did not know that. See, see what you learn on on, on podcasts. Very educational. <laughs> Stunt <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Leslie Hoffman yeah, I, star <laughs> on Hollywood, <laughs> Walk of Fame. <laughs> All kinds of great stuff. Oh. <laughs> I mean, so uh, some of
2: the other oh, what? Who was your favorite?
0: Um, who was your favorite uh, director or actor to work with in your career? Ooh, um, tough question.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a really tough question because. Actually, I think I saw it on Facebook today, is that it's Marco Lamo's birthday. Marco yes. Lamo was, was, or is, I mean, he was so wonderful, and he was so evil. It's like, you know, you wonder, <laughs> this is a terrible comparison, you wonder why people would follow Jim Jones and drink Kool-Aid. You wonder why people would follow Goldicott and and go to uh M-pock, nor was it I'm, I'm trying to remember which empock it was uh you know the uh, covenant uh where where the woman miraculously has a half Bajoran, half uh Kardashian baby it's a
1: miracle <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyways uh i'm on the actually i went to a christmas party with uh um Mark Alamo we used to have parties uh Christmas and you know end of a season party and and we would all be there Mark Alamo was there and it was wonderful anyways what i'm go- i'm going back to covenant is that Mark Alamo asked me to run lines with him and it's when he's trying to convince people you know, I can't remember which scene, or I'd have to watch the episode, and I might be able to guess which scene when it, where he's doing this big talk, convincing people. And I, like I say, I'm reading lines with him, and I'm and and he's looking at me. You know, this is Galdecot. He's not dressed. He's not Mark Alamo. He's dressed up as Goldicott. He's Goldicott and he's telling me. You know how wonderful how this thing is going to be, and it's like I'm just going. Oh,
1: and he's as evil as it can be, but he,
2: it's like you just you just have to believe this guy. I mean, I don't know why, I don't know why people will fall in love with evil people, but he was just so convincing
1: and. He's
2: so bad. He's so bad. He's good. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, I, I it was
2: a lot of fun on the set that day, running lines with with Goldacon and having him convince me to. I was ready to join, <laughs> 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 but I I don't know. I I don't know if it's because I worked with him. I'll say the most, but. Again, another person is Ricardo Montalban. I keep going back to Ricardo Montalban. He was absolutely the most wonderful person in the world. Well,
1: here we go again. Here's
2: this guy that's probably known as Khan, I mean, a bad guy, and yet he's the most wonderful person in the world. I mean, for for a guy that was a superstar, I think in the 40s, I mean, he was a leading man. He, he was a leading man to Esther William, that's the swimmer, in a movie. And, and there are other movies that he was, movies. He was a movie star before he was a television star and, I, and a lead. I mean, and yet this man remembers my name or he complica- compl- uh, compliments my car. I mean, I've, there's never going to be another Ricardo Montalbombe.
0: Well, he, that's because he knows the one, the only, the Leslie Hoffman. That's that's where that comes from.
2: <laughs> well, just real quick before we run out of time, is that there's this really obscure movie called Die Laughing, and Robbie Benson was in it. And Robbie Bl- Benson has the, well, the stunt was us jumping off uh, this, well, it was a Coast Guard ship, but I don't think it was a Coast Guard ship in the movie. But we were jumping off the ship, ship, and uh, Robbie Benson, who was the star of the movie, decided that it looked like fun with all these stunt people jumping into the water, That he that he gets this plaid shirt and, you know, a knitted sailor's cap, and he jumps off the ship with us. Now, the thing about Robbie Benson, he had the most amazing blue eyes. Now, going back to Robbie Benson, if you watch Beauty and the Beast, the Disney cartoon, and the whole thing was um, when he transforms into the prince from the beast, she recognizes him due to his eyes. Well, that's Robbie Benson. Robbie Benson did the voice of the beast.
0: I did I mean, not know. That. Believe
2: me. Believe me, his eyes you look at Robbie Benson's eyes and you just again, here like, oh, I go like Goldakon. I you look at Robbie Benson's eyes and you just go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so so yeah, no, I worked I worked with the beast on a movie called But I Laughing.
0: The Beast. So, believe it or not, Leslie, uh, we've we've come to the end of another hour. Can you believe that?
2: I know, and we didn't even get through uh, all the the comedies that I'd written down. I'd written down no. Blue and Rides to Riches and, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, well, we really didn't get into I Want to Hold Your Hand, Love Boat, uh
1: Your School. I mean...
0: <laughs>
2: Each one has an amazing story.
0: Well well I guess we'll Sounds have to like do another show. Yep, comedy's part Whoop. two. <laughs>
2: yeah, I guess so. Also, well before or we, before we really two. run out of time, aren't we about to change uh from Sunday to Tuesday?
0: Yes, actually we are. Um you're you're right. We we actually are. Yes, you're absolutely right. Let me check the calendar here. So, yes, we have one more Sunday. Next Sunday will be our last okay. Sunday and then we'll we'll be going to Tuesday. Yes.
2: Okay, so so let's let's continue with comedy and uh and then I got to come up with something for Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sure we can come up with something.
2: <laughs> no, I know. In fact in fact I was thinking we've we've kind of trailed off on Star Trek and there's a lot I could tell you about uh blood fever when when I when I got pawn for the v Leslie Hoffman is one of the few people that got pawn
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well there there's a topic. We could talk about Hun far and your Hollywood star. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so guys, we're going to be back next Sunday for our final Sunday show, because I go to camp after that and won't be around on the weekend. So we're going to move the show from Sunday night to Tuesday. So it'll be on Tuesday from seven to eight instead of Sunday. And we're going to continue with Leslie Hoffman next week. Next Sunday, we'll have comedy part two and we have a few more movies to talk about that Leslie was in, as far as comedies go. And then we're going to move to Tuesday after that, and we'll we'll try to swing back around into Star Trek. So make sure you tune in tomorrow night for Comic Corner with myself and Charles and the rest of the gang from Trek Talking. And I want to say thank you to Charles for hanging out with us. Uh, I hogged Leslie up most of the time, and Charles didn't get to say much. But thank you for joining us, Charles. It was great to have you. Oh.
2: Oh, thank you. I, I love, love Leslie's <laughs>
0: stories. And, of course, we couldn't do the show without the Leslie Hoffman. So so definitely thank you to Leslie for hanging out, or people would just hear me talking, and who wants to hear that? Because <laughs> so, I'm, I'm not the Leslie Hoffman. I'm just Uncle Jim, nothing special. You're and, the uh, Uncle Jim. I'm the Uncle Jim, that's right. So with that, guys, thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And make sure you come back next week for another episode. You know, everybody, oh, there's that lady telling us it's time to go. Everybody be good to each other and come back next week. Kapla!
1: Let's see what's out there. Engage. Engage.